It is Wednesday, June 8, 2022. The year is flying by. Seems like just the other day we were talking about the new year. Uh, but here we are already. You know, spring is gone. Summer is here. Kids are on the streets. School is out. The the hooligans are out uh, raising hell on their bicycles without their helmets. Life is in chaos. But B- Bullying at the pool. The whole nine yards. You know? Right. Exactly. Who can do the biggest cannonball, <laughs> can opener, or belly flop? Can't get the lifeguard wet. See, those were the things that I worried about when I was a kid. Now, these days, who knows? But right. now, now these teenagers think they're going to solve the world problems. It was critical to get the hot lifeguard wet. That was <laughs> that was the objective. What was when, his name, Norm? Hull. Man, we, we, we had some hotties, I'll tell you, when I was in grade school. The, uh, the, most, uh, the coolest couple were, uh, were a couple that both dro- drove gold Corvettes. And one managed the pool, the other, and he was the, uh, he was a swim instructor and the other was uh, a lifeguard and both of their names were Gene. Gene and Gene. Gene and Gene. Oh now, were you guys matching the... gold Corvettes and we got, man, she, we wanted her to be wet at all times. <laughs> Did you guys, you probably came up in the Speedo era, just the end of it. Oh, absolutely. So the swim team, yeah, everybody wore Speedos. Yeah, absolutely. I never had a speedo my entire life. Well, the idea in in swimming competition is the least amount of resistance. No, I get it, but I'm yeah. talking like for like the guys like shave. A, a, well, sure, but I'm talking about average Joe yeah. at the pool on the weekend. Uh, yeah, not so much. I mean, people on the swim team would wear them all the time, but if you weren't competing. Yeah, it was it was almost kind of like um, it's kind of like those bicyclists that wear the Tour de France outfits, but clearly they're Aren't not Tour de Francers. Yeah, you see them all over Columbus, and they have all the spaghetti on their on their suits, their lycra suits or whatever, and you're like, dude. <laughs> Look, I'm I, sure know, there's a reason for it. Yeah, dude. I mean, what is <laughs> sure the there's deal? A reason for it's it. like stickering up your your minivan like Daryl Waltrip's NASCAR. It's like yeah. what what are you doing? Yeah, right. Well. Okay. All right. So here we are. But I do I do love everybody. Right. right. Norm I, I need, loves everybody. We got I need, to, I need to get that on the record. Norm loves everybody. So here we are at the round table. It is uh, June eight, twenty twenty two. As we said, the beginning of summer, uh, and we are going to uh, we got lots of stuff to talk about. Last week we had a good interview, but uh, this week it's just. Uh, the boys on the table. That is uh, Brett from Circle 270 Media. Uh, Norm is here. Jared couldn't make it this morning, but uh, I'm here, which is really all that counts. And uh, we're ready to rock and roll. Truth. So uh, I, I got a question for you before you start off. Hmm. And you may cover this, I don't know, but I, I've got... So I need clarification on Jim Jordan's situation being subpoenaed. Is the subpoena a suggestion? You're talking about January 6th, January, right? Yeah. To the, the January 6th. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is that a suggestion? No. It's or, not. So if he doesn't show up, that's correct. And he and, is going to well, be put in jail. Well, that has or, that has Steve's a lawyer, but that has yet to be addressed by a court. Okay. So there are people who have, and he's been, not the only one, of course, but oh, he's the one making the highest dude, list. Of so it, Peter so, yeah. Navarro was at the airport. The FBI or the U.S. Marshals, one of the two, took him into custody. I believe it was the FBI took him into custody put him in leg irons, put him in front of a federal judge because he made a, a response to the January 6th committee that he had executive privilege as an advisor to mm-hmm. President Trump mm-hmm. and that President Trump and he were entitled, therefore, to confidential communications. Okay. So as a matter of principle, now other people have made that same claim, uh, like the uh, chief of staff, uh, and the January 6th committee has not um, has not recommended his uh, arrest and indictment. But um, now Jim's not going to have the, that type of. Well, he though. may. So he was part of the. Of but this committee, this committee is a little weird. Okay. This committee, for the first time, even though it's supposed to be a joint committee, they did not allow Kevin McCarthy, who is a Republican leader in the House, to appoint the members. Nancy Pelosi appointed all the members. So it may be, when it gets to judicial review, it may be a poisoned mm-hmm. committee. It may not. It's not balanced? I thought it was. Ba- it, 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 Fair it, it, it's like CNN News. 
Well, it, 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 well, I should say a number no, of Republicans. No, it didn't. I didn't, no, I didn't know who no, it is. Okay. It has two Republicans. It has okay. two Republicans. Okay. Kevin McCarthy was not even okay. allowed. One of the committee members he wanted on that committee was Jim Jordan. Okay. Okay. So and, I just, I'm just curious because I saw that it's like now he's requesting the paperwork. Yeah. 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 Then I'll think about it. I, I just didn't yeah. know what the end so result Jordan, is that. Yeah. But this is know. somewhat unprecedented, as Norm said. And what, and there's not a whole lot. As my understanding is, I haven't dug, I haven't done the the deep dive into okay. this. But my understanding is, uh, there's not a whole lot of legal authority on what happens if somebody doesn't comply with something like this. And and I and I don't think, I, I'm not sure how many times a committee has subpoenaed another member of the house to come testify mm-hmm. and, and what jim jordan's response was not necessarily i'm not going to comply right. it is what do you got what's your material that makes me a such an important person i got to be there yeah and am i right. a target so if i'm representing jim jordan or anybody who gets a subpoena my first request is is this individual a target and what do you have i mean and i get it this is somewhat of they're gonna say well it's an inquiry we just want your in, blah 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 yeah but uh you you know, you're not going to just take that lightly, particularly because, let's face it, I don't care what side you're on. If you're if you don't recognize this as a partisan effort, you're crazy. I mean, this mm-hmm. is this is one side of a political divide sure. going after the other. And sure. um, and you can use a Well, we all we all deserve to know the truth beyond January 6th. Yeah, fine. Well, let me let me give an example of of how this is completely partisan. So when the Republicans ran the House, they had an investigation into Fast and Furious, which was the gun uh, trafficking engaged in by the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Agency over the Mexican border, where they gave you know, unmarked guns to Mexican cartel people for God knows what reason. But anyway... They they did it and 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 so they they subpoenaed Eric Holder, Eric Holder, who was Attorney General for Obama at the time. Eric Holder was supposed to come in and appear before the committee. He refused to do that. They then recommended to the, <laughs> believe it or not, to to the Justice Department of which Eric Holder was the head, you know that he be indicted for refusing a subpoena of course they didn't do that so they impeached him but i mean there there's a perfect example of a house committee it was a standing committee not a special committee a house committee that recommended he be indicted and charged and 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 the you know they didn't do it Mm -hmm. but they're doing it in this case yeah okay Okay. so the republicans play uh, the the game according to hoyle you know they 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 play like like a student council in high school where they follow all the little rules and then they defer and they you know and all the democrats are out for blood yeah yeah. look this was this was trump's special power is that he didn't play like a typical Republican played in the past. So if you called Trump a racist, he came over the top and, and, uh, said, fine. So are you, you know, it's like, you know, he, and and that, that's an over-exaggeration, but Mm -hmm. like, you could not, like he would not just sit down and take these insults like Mitt Romney did. Yeah. When you um, saw that in the debates with Hillary in particular, right, sure, you, yeah, know, yeah. you know, Hillary who's out there saying, you know, I, I'm a woman, I want to be treated equally. Trump was just as hard on her as he was on Ted Cruz or he was on, you know, Mark, Mark Rubio. Yeah. He was I a mean, mud monster, man. Yeah. I mean, he was just like, like, you know, Hillary, if it was up to me, you'd go to prison. I mean, you know, I mean, he's saying stuff like that in the debate, like hardcore. He's dealing with her completely equally as if she was just like a man. Yeah. He didn't care who it was. He, he didn't was, care right, who it was. You attack him. He's coming over the top. Oh, dude. No right. question. Yeah. No question right. at all. Yeah. But this Jim, back to the Jim Jordan thing, it's like if, if I'm representing him, I would want to know right. what the evidence is mm-hmm. and what's the topics of uh, discussion. What yeah. am I testifying about? And if you can't provide that, you, you don't, I wouldn't yet make the decision whether I was going to comply with the subpoena. But I would want to amass as much reasoning as I could if I didn't want to comply with the subpoena. So one of those reasons might be <clears throat> you're not even telling me why I'm testifying. You're not giving me any information. Right. I'm walking into an ambush, so I'm not right. complying with the subpoena. That's a better record than just ignoring it. Well, mm-hmm. and it's also a way to smear him because he has a principled reason not to appear before the committee. 
but you know what it, you know like where there's smoke there's fire you know they're trying to make the people the public jump to a conclusion that he has something to hide right yeah. right yeah. okay it's, so it's like, okay. It's it's like a, what it's bobby kennedy smear. did with the mobsters right yeah so where smearing. did you bury jim bob's body right I take the fifth yeah. where yeah. no how did right. you kill him i take the fifth yeah. you know the, the questions imply that you did those things yeah. and all you can do is take the fifth right um so you know jordan may actually you know i don't know if he's got a privilege to assert but he may go assert some privilege and uh, I would want to know if I'm representing Jim Jordan. Mm-hmm. I would want to know what the hell the deal is. What do you what do you test of, What are you questioning me about? What am I? What's the product or the sum of my testimony? You know, they brought Barr in early to add, to have a meeting with him to discuss his testimony. And why wouldn't they do the same with Jordan if it's not an ambush? Yeah. They brought uh, they brought uh, was it Eric or uh, Don Jr. in for an entire day? Yeah, he he was he was uh, he appeared before the committee in private. Uh, in closed session for eight hours, I think, and then uh, his sister, uh, via uh, video from from wherever she was, uh, for like half a day. Yeah. Well, and I think it's important because it, it can work both ways. I think it's interesting how this fleshes out. Precedent. Take, take away the politics way. of it. Right. It's like, okay, what does this really mean? But I don't what care is Democrat or Republican? What what does it mean? What, what what's going to happen? What's yeah. whack about it is the Trump obsession. It just just continues. Well, they have to. That's all they have. They That's Im- all they've got. They though, impeached you know. him. They impeached Trump after he left office, and not even Chief Justice Roberts presided over the impeachment because he knew it was a bogus impeachment. It was all political, and this is all political. And How do you, you impeach know, a guy who's already left office? And I think at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, this kind of stuff, I would I would like to think it all backfires because it is so transparently. Uh, oh, political. politically yeah guy or a political missile to try to to try to do something about the tanking numbers for the midterm so they're trying mm-hmm. to they're trying to discover what trump said privately amongst his advisors like jim jordan or sean hannity Fine. they should or, convene a grand jury and do an investigation it, but none of that matters because the point of what trump did or didn't do is what he said to the crowd to instigate them or not instigate them. Well, it matters. Hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. Just let me get this on the record. So what Trump said to the crowd that morning, and I know people who were in that crowd, he gave a speech. It was fully taped. We we have all the quotes. We have the transcript. What he told them is, I know some of you intend to go down to the Capitol and protest. I ask you to do that peacefully and I and, and but let your voices be heard and without any violence. He said all of those things and he never said go down there and you know start an insurrection, kill a cop, break into the right. you know well they didn't kill any cops. In well, fact, true. the cops killed right. one of the yeah. protesters, but none of the four policemen that had medical issues died as a result of somebody smashing their head in with a fire extinguisher. Even the New York Times had to take that back. That guy, in fact, texted his family after he got to the hospital and said, I'm fine. He had some kind of allergic reaction, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the the guy that they had in the hall that the, Nancy Pelosi made in, into a national martyr, he was not killed by the protesters. Yeah, no. So I guess I, a couple things about that. It, it all matters what was said if you want to investigate it you want to get all the information out there um but this is being done i I think almost without question as a partisan uh political move and so that so that trump can't run for president well not only so that trump can't run for president but everybody who ever hitched their wagon to the trump administration is going to be politically scarred right i mean that's what they're trying to do they can't win the midterms and you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that this is getting dropped right now. I, I, look, I, I, call me yeah. just uh, a little bit too skeptical. Um, oh, no question. And, and no, I, now right. that said, let me let me get yeah. on. I'll get I'll get this on, even though we're off the record, but on the air, I'll get it on the air. <laughs> I would say um, I would say this. I don't have a problem with an investigation that every about everything that happened on January sixth. It is a significant event. It ought to be investigated, but it ought to be investigated fairly. You know, convene a damn right. grand jury 
issue issue grand jury subpoenas, take testimony, do whatever you have to do. Well, do there's it fairly. a dude. There's a raft of questions about January sixth that have not been answered. You bet. Like like who are the ringleaders that were telling people to go in? And why did the, the cops let people in? Why did Pelosi not have security? I'd like to know these things. Well, and and well, that's a good point too. Is I think there has been an investigation. What I would want to know is whether you knew this or not. How this happened that security wasn't why don't we have security going on and you find out too that there are sanity there are three levels of security going on between the city of washington and they called off they called off the security they They, don't know what the hell they were doing that day no it's worse they declined the security right they declined exactly it's as we found out utterly ridiculous as we found out in uvalde sometimes the cops are incompetent they are I mean, right. you know, I love well, too many layers. I, I love yeah. police. I, yeah. I love law yeah. enforcement. I support them. Sometimes certain individuals don't do a very good job. Right. 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 So right. Th- there's the old saying I like to use it. Never attribute to some bad intent what can be explained by incompetence. But how do you shoot a lady but, who, who's, who's, who, who broke a window or whatever she was trying to go through a door, unarmed, a veteran, I mean, this guy just shot him, shot her. No, I got that. But worse than that to me, Norm, is when the police were letting people in. And right. this has happened. There was, there was a guy acquitted. No, he was he was waved into the building. And this like there are videos of this. And you can't just say, I'm going to look at January 6th and not look at that. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, I'm going to look at that and not look at what was said in with Trump people behind the scenes. You need to know all the information. Right. Do an honest and fair investigation. Right. Publish right. the results. And they're not. And then where the chips fall, it's not fair. It doesn't feel fair. There is a lot mm-hmm. of there is a lot of film, a lot of uh, video that the FBI will not release right. i mean if foia requests have been made for some of this video and there are some people who have been identified as fbi operatives people that are informants people yeah and they were some uh, evidently it, and this is what needs to be investigated there are allegations that some of those people were amping up the the people who did go into the building look and you could say it would never be the case like entrapment would do such a thing until you look at michigan and where they did such a thing right i mean uh, well john delorean i mean hey the u.s government does entrap people it scares me to death randy weaver doj has become a partisan um tool randy weaver he refused the fbi he he refused the atf agents request for a sawed off shotgun they hounded that guy for a year to do it he finally did it to get rid of them they shot his wife and his baby yeah no it's Mm. like you tell me they don't entrap people the government does entrap it is getting very scary to me how partisan doj is becoming It, it it really is and you know, I'm not just blaming, I guess, Obama. We had a lot of that going on under <clears throat> Obama. I don't know about what was going on under Trump. I, I, I didn't hear right. the big news mm-hmm. of that, but it's it's happening now right. where they're, like, people are getting targeted, and it's because of their political bent. And, uh, you know, do you think, uh, do you, how do you feel about law enforcement when the FBI starts going after people who are political rivals of the person in the White House? Right. right. After, it, after it has been proven now that the FBI actually had an office in Perkins Coie, right? Like has an, a permanent, they have had a permanent office for years in the same law firm uh, of that guy, the guy who was just found not guilty by a D.C. Uh, jury. Yeah. Mm, so it's very. Give me a break. It's very. They're very suspicious, partisan. Suspicious to me. And if I'm defending this case, if I'm defending anybody on January 6th, Sure. I want it all. How about Comey uh, at the law school bragging about that Trump had an inexperienced White House staff and and basically by telling him, hey, there's this uh, there's this uh, report out there uh, that that then allowed him, you know, to investigate it because he informed Trump in an informal way. Yeah, they baited him. They so, baited him. Anyway, so it's a good question because the Jordan subpoena. Now, Jim Jordan's no dummy. He's very, very, he's very, very uh, shrewd. He is a smart man. Yeah. He does. He is not going to get pushed around. No. And he's going to have good advisors on his side. So um, if anybody on either side of the political aisle, and I look at, I always try to look at stuff both ways. If the Republicans were subpoenaing a Democrat representative, mm-hmm. 
what's right, what's wrong. I don't believe in subpoenaing another member without telling them and providing them information about their testimony. You're not going to ambush a member of Congress. And if I'm representing that member of Congress, I'm going to say, look, I'll show up on your subpoena, but I'm not testifying. And uh, I want to know. I want to know what, yeah. what I'm testifying yeah. about. You can't just ambush me and put it on public TV and, and expect me to participate in this. This is nonsense. Yeah, right. Right. And uh, it's not fair. It's not due process. You mm-hmm. wouldn't do, I wouldn't let my client accused of a traffic offense go through that. Right. Right. Okay. You know, okay. and okay. it's a little bit different because it's the justice system versus mm-hmm. some congressional hearing. But mm-hmm. Congress, it's like they got certain power, but it's not plenary power. They, they, you know, they don't just get to, they don't get to uh, ambush people, put them under oath, and make them talk. Right. Like, almost a public hang. So, almost, so yeah. the the show, the the Nancy Pelosi show, uh, is is debuting tomorrow. Yeah, and now they've got they've hired like a production company for this. Like our yeah. tax dollars have hired a production company so they can put it on right. primetime TV. They're buying tr- primetime TV for this. A former TV producer from ABC News has been brought in, you know, to 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 make this, you know, I guess, you know, an HBO quality kind of video. What happened thing. to C-SPAN, man? Just, no, nobody's going to watch this thing. Oh, except it, everybody that everybody that hates Trump will watch it, and everybody that doesn't hate Trump won't. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, really it's, it's summertime. People are doing other stuff. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. I got right. better things to do. They already impeached the guy after Trump, he for the second look, time. They impeached, him. and it was it wasn't even January 6, 2022. That's right. It was January 6, 2021. Yeah, right. So, like, they're trying to they're trying to pin guilt by association on the Republican Party to something that happened in 2021. That didn't even. That may or may not even be a huge. It, look, well, it's, I mean, it's a huge problem. Oh, it, it, just it, look at the plain language but, of what the president told the crowd, and it was not to amp them up to do anything. It, illegal. it was bad form, if not, and I don't, I don't believe it was inciting to riot. Otherwise, they would have charged him. Um, I don't think it was inciting to riot. It was, it was certainly bad form, and it was chaotic, and it was, uh, it, it was a, it was a crazy situation. And there's a lot that needs to be answered about it on both sides, or maybe not both sides, on all sides, I should say. Um, starting with what's the security? Who knew what when? Why didn't they have security? Why were people invited in? Was that pure incompetence or was it some sort of baiting going on? Um, it, like the public needs to know these things because, like you, Norm, I think we can mostly attribute a lot of this to incompetence. On the other hand, if you don't get it explained on the record, then the conspiracy theories start to grow. And well, people and, are going to start saying Pelosi wanted it to happen. And and if we're going to have an investigation into uh, vandal, vandalism uh, in, into breaking into federal buildings, let's do that across the board on all federal buildings. Oh, bet, I want yeah. to know about Antifa and BLMs breaking into vandalizing, firebombing. And not just the people on the street, the people who were shot callers, you know, because there was more to that. You know, everybody felt there was more to that. There's these pictures right. of stacks of bricks that suddenly appear overnight. Right. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's never been investigated to debunk it. Well, and the video's being suppressed. And the video's being suppressed. And people calling it peaceful when there's a freaking ar- a police department burning behind him. Right. There's nothing peaceful about no, arson. I've defended right. plenty of them. Right. Um, all right, enough of that. What else we got? Mm. Well, uh, so um, the latest White House spokesperson uh, came out yesterday, and it's an actor, uh, Emmy, uh, Academy Award-winning actor Matthew McConaughey. Uh, and I guess I guess the current White House staff is so is so is so dreary, so so incompetent that they've now had to tap into Hollywood. Now, Matt, Matthew McConaughey did his hometown is Uvalde, Texas. Uh, it, so there I guess is, that makes him an expert on gun control. Yeah, there is there is a nexus that explains, and he did go there the day after the shooting, and he did spend the better part of a week there with his family, his wife, and his kids, and and connecting with uh, his old friends and his community, and that's wonderful, and that's appropriate, and I salute him for that. And I also think that you know some of his ideas. It are fine to discuss and, 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 and put out there on the table. What's really weird is that the White House would put him at their official rostrum and have him be at the official White House spokesperson on this issue, which is a little odd. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. Here, I, look, I like a lot of the stuff that Matthew McConaughey has said over the last few years about, you know, he, he sort of attacked the Hollywood elites in a way that made some sense to me. Um, 
you know, he's come out sort of libertarian-ish, uh, if not... He's uh, not a divisive figure. He's not. He is He is doing for the White House what they should have been doing the last year and a half. But I'll say this. No. I'm not going to put... I'm not going to give up my AR-15s because Matthew McConaughey thinks that I should. And mm-hmm. here's the problem with this stuff. Every, everybody, if you're on that one side, you accept almost blindly the premise that if you ban... AR-15s or what they're calling assault weapons, that it will solve the problem. Right. And on the other side, everybody knows that's a farce. That everybody, what they really want to do is take all your guns. Now, Matthew McConaughey, I think, actually legitimately thinks that we should ban AR-15s and it'll stop there. He did, has said. Did so. he say? Yeah. Okay, yes, so he, I thought yeah. I was thinking. In previous, I he said the d- he age limit the, goes up or something. No, okay. He said the AR-15. No, no, he's got to put it down uh, for the for the cause. Let me something like let that. me okay. let me break it down for Brett because he asked a great question there. In previous statements, like two years ago, following another one of these shootings, he has called for make a, a ban on assault rifles, AR-15s in particular. Mm-hmm. So he has said that in the past. Yesterday, what he called for was, he explained to Brett Baer on Fox News, they did about a, a 20-minute interview where he came into the studio, and he said to Brett Baer, listen, my side can't get the whole loaf, but maybe we can get a slice. Well, okay. Which implies that, he wants more slices. Exactly right. So what he is proposing right now is in Texas, uh, like in some other states, you have to be 21 years yeah. old. He wants that nationalized where you can't buy a rifle when you're 18. You got to wait till you're 21 or certain rifles. Or, I know, uh, because nobody under 21 drinks alcohol. Not, uh, well, and, and suddenly you get a lot of brains once you turn 21 that you didn't have when you were 18. Here, here's the problem. And he wants, it, hang on, he wants a waiting period. He wants a cool-down period. Um, and then a red flag he, thing, too. A right? red flag. Yeah. And what he acknowledged was really th- what we have all been saying for a long time. He did acknowledge that the problem is not so in spite of all that he acknowledged the problem is not the guns the problem is mental illness Mm -hmm. the the problem is crazy people so he said that he's played enough of those to know that (laughs) seriously come on the dude has gone from you know 80 pounds to 200 pounds phenomenal he is he gets the mental issue stuff he's a really good thinker and i like a lot of his thoughts and and, and stuff but here he's just here, he's admitting his premise is wrong. He's admitting his premise is wrong. He yeah. said he has a lot of friends in Texas that are responsible uh, AR-15 gun owners and that, and, that he, and that he doesn't think they're the problem. Well, dude, if they're not the problem, and if you said mental illness, hey, so, we, so he has also said we need a way to identify people who have problems and do something that feeds into what Brett brought up about the the red flag. I'm not saying yeah. Brett's an advocate. No, he, just, can, he, he was just well, making a comment. Yeah. I mean, the, maybe the problem, you are, but they're, they're so, they're, it's all wrought with problems. And, and here, mm-hmm. I think I, without digging into each one, I think maybe the big picture is this, is that it's almost like there's not, nobody's willing to have a comprehensive discussion about everything because it's not fair to say, we're just going to take all the guns and solve the problem. That's not the problem. It's not going to solve all the problems. It's not, it's not going to fix it. There's multiple causes to this and the tool that these lunatics are using to kill kids isn't gonna they just find a different tool or they'll find the tool that they're not allowed to have fine um nobody wants to discuss the secure it seems like people don't want to discuss on the far left gun control side the security issues in the schools and what's really gone on here right nobody wants to discuss that was not one of so he never touched on any of that and and why not hardening exactly why not why not talk how can you say that how can you say that i don't love kids because i'm a gun advocate and at the same time, you're saying, I don't want to protect kids as a uh, as a gun control advocate. Right. It's like, look, put, at least let's agree to do this. Until we figure out that problem, until there's actually a solution to that, let's put the schools in a secure setting that makes sense. You're not going to catch them all. You're not going to fix everything. No, you don't want to lock it down and turn it into a prison. But there's certainly reasonable measures that could be taken there. Right. And that's to use their language. There's certainly reasonable gun control measures. Well, fine. Right. Let's, let's at least talk about all the issues, not just yours. Let's be very clear, too. The second... Second Amendment's plain reading of the Second Amendment talks about militia. So we are talking in the Second Amendment about the people's right to bear military-style firearms. That's right in 
the damn yeah, Bill bet. of Rights. You bet. So the battle rifle of the day. It, yeah, the, is, yeah. Exactly right. So we're not talking about you're, you. You can have a Derringer. We're talking about a military style, in particular, rifle. There's almost a better argument on handguns than there is on, exactly. on rifles. But right. anyway, I, that's right. I, and, you know, people misunderstand the militia language as well. I mean, the idea is if we needed a militia, we have people who already have guns, right? That's yes, it. Like, correct. And they're going to say, well, we don't need a militia anymore. It's like, well, right. doesn't that beg the question? Right. right. I also mm-hmm. want to just, you know, bring up, fits into the Uvalde thing. So as we know from last week, we had a guest on Jim Irvine yep. from the Buckeye Firearms Foundation and they had this uh, law to correct an Ohio Supreme Court decision, you know, um, that, that that threw out uh, the ability of school districts to allow teachers and other employees to carry firearms. They threw that out and said basically you had the same, you had to have over 700 hours, same as the Ohio Peace Academy uh, teaches to to uh, uh, law enforcement officer police. So they got that passed. Um, that law has now passed the the House and the Senate in Ohio. Governor DeWine has announced that he will sign that bill. Um, and that bill started moving uh, back in um, the summer of last year uh, when that Supreme Court decision came out. So this was not in response to U- Uvalde. It just happens to be Ohio was ahead of the game clearly people knew that there was a vulnerability within the schools in Ohio. And I got to give the Buckeye Firearms Foundation and the other advocacy groups in Ohio real credit for uh, pursuing this way before, you know, we've, we had this mass shooting. So they were on the ball. Uh, I'm glad governor DeWine is agreeing to sign it. Yeah, no, I think, and that's what we're talking about, right? So, I always ask, like, what the, like, everybody says, well, we just need to do something, need to do something. What they're really saying is the government needs to do something. And what I always ask is, well, what can the government do to fix this? Well, at least with school settings where it is a government, and I, I use the term government, state, local, and national, where there are government interests, where the government owns it, so to speak, they can, they can evaluate their security and beef it up and take measures to protect the kids. Yeah. And I'm not giving, I'm not giving up that I like, that lunatics are going into schools and shooting people. I, I hate that. I think you should start, uh, you, you don't have to stop with securing the schools, but it, it's certainly like the low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. So if, if the back door were locked in Uvalde and the guy couldn't get in, then people aren't dead, or at least not as many. Um, and if, if somebody is, if there's an armed response that is trained and effectively knows how to uh, neutralize or kill some son of a bitch who wants to go kill your kids, well, then that's better than not having that person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I've read enough about um, uh, uh, about self-defense scenarios. So there, there used to be a great uh, author in the uh, NRA's monthly magazine. Um, uh, gosh, what was his last name? I think Abood was his, or Ayab was his last name. Some, some, uh, some, some just fantastic author. One of his... Uh, so he trained police officers and he, and he gave seminars on home defense. One of his principles was that really what a gun, 90% of the time what a gun does is it makes a loud noise and nobody gets hurt in these self-defense situations. A, a, a homeowner hears window gets shattered or hears the door being jimmied open, and I'm sure this will happen at schools to, to a certain extent as well. Somebody... A criminal will start an illegal act. Somebody will intervene. The person who intervenes when they shoot will miss. I mean, 90% of the time they don't hit the target. They just, they miss. But they, what's the gun do? The 357 Magnum or whatever they're packing makes a big loud noise and the perp runs the hell out of the building. Yeah. That's what happens in 90% of the situations. Nobody gets hurt and the uh, criminal, the intruder, is repelled just because there is a threat of force, just because there is a presence of somebody with a gun. That's usually, 90% of the time, that's usually what's going to run somebody out of a house or a building. Yeah, it's funny. It's, it was, uh, what was it, about a month ago, I guess it was, our, my son and two friends 
were asked to help uh, the, the, with the one of the local high school uh, volleyball teams prep for states, you know, the, the run of the, of the state uh, competition. So they went over to the high school probably a half hour early than, than they really needed to. But the, their, their coach, the, the, uh, the team's coach said, hey, be there. They walk in and they're walking the high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the teachers thought they were the students. I, I, yeah. We truly live. And I think the days of that are gone. Right. The innocent age of we can right. just let the doors open. Right. We got to put metal detectors at the doors. We're going to have to lock it down. You're going to have to be buzzed in. We're done with those days. You just want yeah. to lock totally. that, that, my, my They're kids. so freaking innocent. That totally. it's like my, my, you know, my, totally. my, my son yeah. and friends were not going to cost, you know, they were just there early for volleyball. Right. And it's like, you, he was amazed. He was amazed. I've the kid, the, the, one of the teachers said, you need yeah. to go to class. Right. They never followed them up to go to class. Those three kids could have raised holy hell in that high school. Right. It's super lax. So now that's an interesting, a couple comments on that. I have done the same at my kids' events over the years in in the school district. I've been able to get in. Not always. You know, if Mm -hmm. I went to their middle school, I had to buzz in Mm -hmm. uh, during the day. And I went to the elementary school for a while there, I had to buzz in during the day. But I could have probably just sort of filtered in with a recess or something. Yeah. Um, But on the other hand, it also shows you that... 99.9999999% 99.9999999% of the time, the schools are safe. You know, True. it's like you've got people coming and going all the time who aren't there to do bad things. Right. And, you know, whenever you, we talk about, um, I'm thinking this throughout a lot as I go. So the lawyer talk audience gets to hear my thought process. Whenever <laughs> we talk about this kind of stuff, you have to think. It's like we can have a very secure society. It would be easy. All you'd have to do is, and I've said this before, put jackboots on the ground, give them all the guns take all the citizens' guns, and then police it like uh, Hitler did and Mussolini did and Stalin did. It will be it will be infinitely safe for everybody until the government gets corrupt with all those guns. Which will be but, in about a year. Which will take, it won't take long at all. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and then every time we do something to impose safety, we are taking away other people's rights to freedom. And there's a balance. And, you know, Schwarzenegger saying, screw your freedom. Well, screw you, Schwarzenegger. I don't care. Right. You know, it's like... This this is a, we do have freedom in this country and it is very sacred to people. So I want to be able to walk yeah. around screw, on the streets. S- screw your freedom, uh, you know, from a guy from Austria. Sure. Yeah. Who who else do who we came here to have freedom? Who else do we know from Austria that kind of yeah. uh, said screw your freedom? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Right. A yeah. guy with uh, the last name of Schickelgruber, I yeah. think, was the original <laughs> family. Mm. Yeah. Well, he's in, and that's just it. So Sieg Heil. They would have he would have freedom because he's a, he's a, got the money and whatever. And right. He, nothing. Right. He's going to be his life won't be impacted. Right. But, you know, we do have in this country freedom and that's important to people. And, and with freedom comes risk and with risk comes responsibility. It's like right. there's all these things that, yeah. that are that have to be considered. So it's like, on the other hand, I can easily see a reasonable measure at a school. Like you said, Brett, go through a metal. I have to go to a metal detector today when I go to court. Yeah. I have yeah. to walk through a metal detector. I roll my eyes every time because I go in every time. Sure. Everybody knows me, but I right. still have to do it. So somewhat, it's, well, that it's could more be, like a that political could, flag. Well, well, it could be the crazy day that you're not normal. It could be. So, I mean, there is a reason to but do I, it. And I wouldn't. And I, We I, just had a judge assassinated and I, but I wouldn't, up, in, up in Michigan, wasn't it? I mean, uh, just this week. Yeah, there was a judge. I don't know if it was Michigan, but there was a judge assassinated. Yeah. So, you know, there. Yeah, know. The, some of the security measures are pyrrhic. They're, they're there for show. And, but they probably also would make it harder for a lunatic on a whim to come in. Right. I, and I know it's a balance. I, I, I guess I went off the rail. And no, 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 we no. Should do that. It's great. But it's well, like, geez, I'm, you it's, know. It's, I, look, I, I'm just thinking both sides of the fence here. Yeah, I know. It's like, what is really lost if your son can't go in and walk around that school? I yeah. don't think there's much lost. Not at Not all. Not really. No. You know? no. Come on, you know. we we protect federal buildings with double yeah. door. Yeah, come that's on. what I mean. So I mean, it's on. like there's you know. there's this balance between freedom and safety. Right. But this is an area where the government has control over it. They're not forcing me and my building to put armed guards and metal detectors. The unfortunate on a building they own. The yeah. unfortunate part about Ohio. So it's both beautiful, and it's unfortunate. Is that Ohio has these microscopic school districts. So if you count up all the county boards of MRDD, you count up all the the special uh, school districts, the the unique ones, and then you add in the over 600 regular school districts and total them up. I used to be a lobbyist for the school treasurers in Ohio. If you total up all of the school districts in Ohio, we have 800. It's nuts. We have 800 school boards. Heard that. We have 800 districts. 
of various kinds, and that means there's 800 school boards. So on this new law, those school boards, 800 of them, will need to adopt a resolution to allow any of this, uh, what Governor DeWine is going to sign, any of that to happen has to. and, And then, of course, the private schools, they can do it you know, without a school board meeting, they can do it of their own volition. Uh, a Jewish school, a Catholic school, a Protestant school, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a charter school. But the if you contrast to Florida, for example, I forget how many counties are in Florida, but Florida only has a few dozen school districts because each county is a school district. So, so Florida has, say, like 45 counties. I'm making that up. If they have 45 counties, they have 45 school boards. Ohio has 800, for God's sakes. That is great in terms of local input. Yeah. It's closer to the people. The people get to know their school board members and all that. That's great. That's real democratic with a small or a D. I mean, that's that's wonderful. But it also makes these kinds of decisions very patchwork quilt we're, we're going to have we're going to have just a handful of school districts that do this in my opinion and then the vast majority for you know politically correct reasons will say oh no oh yeah, no we're in the guns don't solve guns right we, but right. I, for, the, okay for the same that. for but, the same reasons of defund the police I'm okay we don't that. want any yeah. more guns in schools but to your point it's very localized and if that community does not want that pass for their schools right that's that's Right. That's, that's right. what this it is, should be. That's right. This is federalism at its finest. I'm just pointing it out. Yeah. And at the local level, they're going to know best. They are. What is required to protect their schools, or they should. Some guy sitting, some jackass sitting in Washington, D.C. certainly does not know best right. how to protect a school in Sunbury, Ohio. No. Right. They um, do, and they need to stay the hell out of right. there. Yes. Yeah. Want to talk about ivermectin a little bit? There's an amazing uh, legal case that's just been brought against the FDA. I saw that. Ivermectin, the miracle jump, drug. Jump in there, Steve. Why no, don't go you, ahead. Go oh, ahead. Okay. So the same law firm that represented, I think it was George Bush, too, uh, in the election uh, thing, the, the the hanging Chad uh, case that went to the Supreme Court, it's uh, the law firm's called Boyden Gray LLC, big DC white shoe law firm, been around for a long time. They are suing the FBA, FDA, Federal Drug Administration, on behalf of doctors uh, because the FDA has put into place, curiously, just on ivermectin, that doctors can't prescribe that for off-label uh, situations, which they can do for virtually every other drug. <coughs> Puberty blockers. <laughs> <laughs> they can do it. They can do it for all kinds of other drugs. But because I guess the word ivermectin was uttered by President Trump, it became a hot potato. I and, think it's and, more than that. Well, at any rate. Ivermectin, you know, as we know, Look, no, ivermectin but, is an is a therapeutic for COVID and other viruses. It is. It's known to be. It's, it's, it's almost Nobel, a miracle drug. Nobel, it won a prize. Nobel prize for that stuff. It just is, and, it, and, and there's cheap, no side effects, it's and it's cheap. cheap. You know, and 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 it's and and, and for, hydroxychloroquine same way. And I think there's two states. I think it's Tennessee, and I forget the other one, where you could basically you you could just be Joe Blow, go into a pharmacy and get ivermectin. Yep. But you can't over you, the counter. Uh, yep. Yeah, because you can't mm-hmm. do that. Look, I can go anyway. buy. I can get methamphetamines over the counter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know, in I, the form I of, uh, of uh, what's the allergy drug? Uh, um, uh, Zyrtec or one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Allergan. Yeah. Or I'll think of it. Yeah. Think of it. But yeah. at any rate, I, uh, the outcome of that should be very interesting, and there should be some red faces and I guess Fauci is on his way out by his own comments that he is uh, going to retire soon. Um, yeah. How many millions on that uh, yeah. retirement account of his no, no as kidding. a result of uh, yeah. vaccine interests? Right. And there's a guy who needs to be called up uh, for more testimony. Uh, let me tell you what, investigate that son of a bitch, investigate all those bastards. And I'll say this, I'll say this every time. I don't care what side of the aisle you sit on. If you're a millionaire in Congress, sitting in the House of Representatives, working for a public administrative agency, and you weren't a millionaire when you started, I want to know how you became a millionaire. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fair question. Right. Yeah. Uh, throw, throw something else out there. Can we talk a little bit about energy? Sure. And I don't mean my personal level of energy, but uh, 
But um, well, you're rocking it with so, the rock star today. You're doing good. <laughs> so um, we have an emergency situation involving energy, right? Inflation and price of gasoline and all that. So what did the Biden administration announce yesterday to address the energy problem? They they have been on the record that there's nothing they can do about inflation. There's nothing they can do about high gas prices, that none of it's their fault. So what is their response? Yesterday, the Biden administration invoked the Defense Production Act, okay, which, you know, means, I mean, that is for emergencies by definition. When you tell industry that, that when you point the finger and command an industry to produce more of something, uh, it, it, it is going from a market economy to a command economy. You know, that's so to a fascist economy. To a fascist. So what? So you only do that in the rarest of circumstances. In, in, in World War, said Youngstown Sheet and Tube wasn't that the case where yeah. Truman wanted uh, yeah, the, right. the steel companies and, or, to make or steel. coal production. And it's during, usually yeah. war situations. That's right. right. So yeah. what is what is? So so we have an emergency on on energy. What did he in the, invoke the Defense Production Act yesterday to do? produce more solar panels oh my gosh okay so are we now going to have solar panels on the roof of our minivans or or suv i mean what what an asshole what are so sick dude what are they doing it's like i hate to say that but it's like this is insanity it's insanity what are they doing insanity i mean he does he goes to saudi arabia what their explanation was in person at least it's not at least it's not the european union where gas costs even more than it does here. Well, because of taxation, because they right. lard it's on like, taxes. Go screw yourself, dude. So, I mean, tell that to the guy who's got to drive his pickup truck to the job every day. So Biden yeah. goes to Saudi Arabia in person, pleads, you know, to the emir or whatever he is. Instead, he could just tell our people to start pumping. That's right. 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 He, so, you know, it's okay to pump, you know, out there in, in Saudi Arabia and, and have all the environmental impacts. You know, it's a, it's the classic NIMBY thing. Like, yeah, let's have the pollution in Venezuela or or Saudi Arabia where they don't have a good EPA that and really no regulatory scheme that's, for it's right. none of it. Right. So so let's do yeah. it down. Let's do it in other countries, but here in America, wash our hands of it. That's right. Pilot. right. Exactly right. right. Um, and, and, and look, wouldn't you? I got it. Even more. Like, wouldn't you say? All right, we understand that there's a certain inherent risk of pumping oil. I'm not even suggesting this as a uh, as fact, but on their side of it, they would say there's a huge risk of pumping oil because you could hurt the environment or you could do this or you could do that. Granted, Wouldn't yes. you want the ball? Wouldn't you want to be right. the ones that control that? Wouldn't that you want exactly. our ingenuity behind it? Right. Our regulatory scheme? I hate right. regulatory schemes, but if you're on their side of it, you would say, I would much rather we do it than give it to somebody else. Right. If your real goal right. is to save the planet, why don't we take responsibility to do it correctly instead so, of giving it to these assholes? So, Steve, good, total control great us. example. Right off our shores, right, in the Gulf of Mexico, off the coast of California. It's infinite. In, in international waters. The Chinese, Russians, other investors around the world are sinking, okay, offshore oil rigs. Okay, so there's platforms pumping oil right off the shores of the United States. We are by what they're doing. They're they're getting our oil, you know, off our shores in a way that can affect our shores, right? If they screw it up. If they screw it up. Right. right. Where does that oil slick go? It goes on to California, Florida, and Texas beaches, all right? But it's a Chinese company doing it. Yeah, of course. Because because Biden won't let American companies go after our own oil. This this guy, it's almost treasonous. It's yeah. it's almost I hate I, right. I, I'm, I'm maybe I'm just angry today, but this stuff is bugging me today. It's yeah. like it's insanity. It is utter insanity that we're paying six bucks, seven bucks, eight bucks a gallon for gasoline, and uh, we so have enough uh, here to supply the. Let's world. do a number. So when he was inaugurated, the cost of gasoline in Ohio was around two dollars and ten cents. Okay, yesterday it was five oh nine in my little town. Yeah. Okay, yep. it is more than doubled. It's going to triple. It's going to triple. If you ten heard, bucks a gallon in two years. If you heard a J.P. Morgan Chase, they have announced that oil, in their opinion, is going to get one hundred and sixty dollars per barrel. And on the reverse side, I just read too that there's going to be an economic fight going on—not a fight, but a, a price war for electric vehicles. Yeah, they're yeah. talking that they can make an electric electric vehicle eight Ford. Yeah, electric vehicle for eighteen, sell it for twenty five. They're going to flood the market with electric vehicles. 
and we're not having it's no discussion all an on agenda. that. It's all, it's all, an, all agenda. an agenda. The it just kind of feels that. Yeah, well, and, uh, well, the problem with electric vehicles yeah. is twofold. Number one, follow the money. Norm. For forgetting Who owns yeah. the stock and the electric vehicles are some somewhere in there. Well, somebody's making millions in Congress. Exactly. Setting a, setting aside the idea that it lowers the carbon footprint, it doesn't because. You got to so make the electricity. You got yeah, to charge the, the batteries. You got to dig the lithium and the other minerals out of it's the gross. ground. If you ever see one of those mines, pictures of them Google it. It's, it's gross. It's yeah. sick. Go, yeah. go, go to. It go, looks like something on Star Trek. You know? Yeah, it's gross. Well, yeah. Go go go. Uh, Google Mongolia. Look at what a lithium strip mine looks like. And who owns that? Right, China. China. Okay, we gave it to them essentially. After yeah, we pulled out of Afghanistan that's right. The so so the minerals are in conflict nations in many cases. The prices of those minerals are going to be controlled by a cartel, just like OPEC is a cartel. They're going to they're going to be controlled by China, Russia, other enemies of the U.S. And the cost of electric vehicles, I think, right now, I think the average cost is sixty five thousand dollars for the average EV. Right now, that's the average cost, which is not tenable for the average homeowner in the United States. It's more than they make a year. Mm-hmm. So. The other problem is our electric grid. We're, we're going to have rolling brownouts right They're now. Calling for blackouts. Right? That's right. So, so when everybody plugs in at nighttime, so they can go commute to work the next day, it ain't going to happen. No. You can't burn enough coal for that. All right, now I'm going to shift gears. Go ahead. No pun intended. Go ahead. Speaking of gasoline, <laughs> yeah. I was up. Uh, I was up at Mid Ohio yesterday with my son, and we did. I, I got him for Christmas this um, performance driving class where these race car drivers teach people how to be race car drivers. But as the guy said in the class, I didn't, I didn't partake in the driving part, um, I, but they let me sit through as an observer of all the classroom instruction. And I'm throwing this at you, Norm, because this is a hat tip to what, you, to what real professional drivers know and do. I learned so much in the context of a two-hour lecture on how to turn, how to skid, how to drive straight, how to brake, like all of it. It is fascinating. Yeah. And then when I watched... I watched everybody go out, all these students go out uh, to the field. Uh, first, it was a big parking lot that had different drills with uh, the cars they used. And then later on the on the big track at Mid-Ohio, which is really cool. Um, it was fascinating to me how much anybody could learn about driving safely by just doing that for a day. I mean, wow. and, and this guy even said, he goes, look, I'm never going to say it out loud except for right now. <laughs> that you should forget about everything you learn in your drive in your driver's ed class, and uh, you know how to hold the wheel, what to do, how to turn, and uh, it really phenomenal experience. So this is my shameless, I get nothing for it plug for Mid Ohio's performance driving course. There's a there's a one day, two day, or a three day course. My son just did the one day. Next year I'm going back. I'm doing more, um, and they also have a teen defensive driving class. I spoke to the guy who was sort of doing most of the lecturing because I was just an observer, so I had a lot of time just to hang out with him. And uh, he loves teaching the teens. And this guy, I'm not going to use his name because I don't know if he'd want me to, but this guy loves to teach people, kids, adults, anyone, how to drive more effectively and more safely. Oh, for sure. More it's, safely. That's right. It's yeah. not really a racing course. It's it's basically driver safety yeah. is the main topic. Teaching people just the, the inherent um, physics behind how right. how a car operates. Competency. Yeah, and so like in sometimes just putting a vocabulary to the things that you don't quite understand. Right. Brings it into crystal clear focus. Right. And he's talking about where the force is on the tires at any given time when you're driving, whether you're hitting the brakes, whether you're hitting the gas, mm-hmm. right. why you lose it in a skid. Not just that you know turn with it or turn again, but they they explain why things are happening, and they give you know the big picture solution look to where you want to go and that's where you'll go you know it's like it's it's sure. so right uh it's if so you, fascinating if you stare at the wall you're going to hit the wall you're going to hit the wall oh, wow. you yeah. go where your eyes lead you to Just fundamental stuff like and that. you look way down the road so when you're driving on i-71 on easter weekend to go see your grandma you don't look 10 feet over the front of your hood mm-hmm. you okay you occasionally flick your eyes right over your hood maybe just to, to scan for potholes but you should be looking you should be looking several hundred yards down the highway 
to understand what's going on with the traffic that's going to affect you in the next 10, 15 seconds when you arrive at the place that you're looking. You need to look way down there. Is that tractor trailer unit just about to squeeze that minivan off the highway when he changes lanes? That lady's going to lose control in the median, and then I get collected in the accident. you got to be looking at that shit. If you're not looking way down the road, whether it's a race or whether it's commuting to see grandma on Easter weekend, you are putting yourself unnecessarily at risk. And, you know, he said this. You need to train your brain. Even beyond that, Mm -hmm. as he was, not beyond that, but to, to punctuate a further point he made, as you're looking down the road, if you're looking farther ahead, not right in front of you, you don't have the tunnel vision. Your peripheral vision picks up all the close stuff anyway. And that's that's what was remarkable. Like he would do that in the classroom and he, and he would tell people to hold up fingers or do different things. And he could see it all and he was looking farther ahead, but he could see what somebody's doing sure. off to the right or right in front of him yeah. without looking at it. Right. But the opposite is not true. If, right. you're, if you're looking straight mm-hmm. ahead, you can't see far out. Right. Really incredible. Right. Really and for God's stuff. sakes, you know, for God's sakes, D- d- don't be on your damn phone. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, well, that's sort of, yeah, that's I understood. Mean, my God. It, I, now, uh, it's a stu- but your, your son's generation, not picking on your son, that whole group of kids that was, that were born with a phone in their hand, yeah. right. You know, they, they, they came right out of the womb and the first thing they got was an iPhone. Mm. Th- that generation, like they can't function on a daily basis. If their iPhone is broken that day, it's a huge crisis. It's a big problem. It's them, a big yeah. problem. The other thing I, I picked up on that is where your hands are in the steering wheel. We're taught 10-2. But then he, he went through some pretty basic stuff, frankly, Norm, that I probably should have thought about and, and knew, but I didn't. Uh-huh. He, he called people hookers, uh-huh. where if you if you take the underhand grip to turn, uh-huh. and people know what I mean, where you, where you hook uh-huh. on and make that turn, uh-huh. you're putting your forearm directly in front of the airbag. So if you get hit, it's going to shatter your arm. Uh-huh. And uh, not only that, you're locking yourself in. You can only turn back as far as your hand started. Yeah. So if you need to adjust farther, you can't do it. Um, I, if, never, I never did that because I never felt comfortable in turning that way. I see people do it. It's like I just never I, I never did that. I used to be a hooker. As of really? yesterday, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. Yeah. A lot of people also wrap their thumbs around the rim of the wheel. And in a race car or in an accident on the street, if the wheel suddenly jerks, the spokes of the wheels can uh, break or even sever your thumb off if that steering wheel instantaneously, like you hit a curb and the steering wheel instantly goes 90 degrees, like just like mm. that. It's like a, it's like a meat slicer. It, it will break your thumbs. If you've wrapped your thumbs, you know, and hooked your, your thumb around the steering wheel. So you need to very lightly grip the steering wheel, not a death grip. And you need to not put your thumbs around the rim because you're you're just begging for an injury if something happens. And there's a lot to think about. And then the other thing, we, they did the skid cars, which was cool. But the other right. thing that I really, the thing that blew me away the most was teaching people how to turn at high speeds or at the fat. Like to, like this, this is probably more racing, but you can use it day in and day out. Like teaching people how to brake. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. And then how to turn, mm-hmm. and and when to do it. And I I got to sit there with the instructor, and they, they're on a mic. There they got a headset to all the people in the cars, all the students, mm-hmm. as they're doing it. And he was instructing them on what they were doing wrong and what they needed to do. And it was it blew me away, like hitting the the apex of a turn and the start point of a turn, and how to break into a turn and release the brakes. And you know the point was that if you're on your brakes, the weight is on the front of your tires, then you can steer. You know, but if you're mm. like if you take off the brakes too soon, your your the weight is uh, back on the back tires and you lose steering control. Mm-hmm. Re- really fascinating oh, stuff. Wow. I mean, really fascinating stuff. Yeah, I, sure. I, I I really found it. I, I am more and more impressed day in and day out of race car drivers. And uh, then he, he made this comment. He's like, "Yeah, you know, some people say, well, that guy's a stooge. He doesn't know how to drive.' And you look at the top scores, and they're all like within two seconds of each other. And he said, "Look, that's like a." It's like a tenth of a second on like one turn, like two turns, you know, they're, they're right back up there. And how you guys hit those turns and the the detail of preparation uh, to know the courses, to drive the courses, to adjust on the fly when there might be some danger there or some wetness or, or you don't have grip blows me away, man. So hats off to you.
Well, yeah, and as you consume fuel and as the tire chemistry changes over the course of of an hour or a 24-hour race or whatever it is, I'm about to do a 24-hour race in Michigan in two weeks. So, you know, the tire you start out with after four hours and, and then you come in for a tire change or a full load of fuel, when you think the fuel weighs about seven and a half uh, pounds per gallon and you fill up uh, a 20 or 30 gallon fuel cell, uh, it, it, it's a lot different as the fuel is consumed and you get down to the last two or three gallons than when it was full. So uh, the braking and the acceleration physics that you're talking about where the uh, mass is located more in the back of the car or towards the front under braking, under acceleration, in a turn, it, it all changes. And that real where experience comes into play is that seat of the pants knowledge that you don't necessarily have to, at a certain point in your career, you don't have to think about, you feel it. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to describe to people until you like process that and be able to be good enough like this instructor to explicate that to non-racers. Here's what it There's was. There's an art yeah. to explaining it. Uh, so I was a Honda school instructor for a, a weekend once and it was um it was interesting the the process of taking the knowledge that I had intuitively and then trying to disgorge that and explain it you know, to, to, to other people. And, and mm. what I told him, I said, look, I, I got in the car, it started to rain at one point and he goes, here, right back with me. And I jumped in the car with him and I got to talk and I said, look, by the way, man, you're an awesome teacher. You're an awesome teacher. And it was because of what you're talking about, Norm, this guy knew how to explain yeah. these things to different people in different ways. Yeah. And maybe to say it this way, he knew how to explain it to each individual in a way that each individual could comprehend it and then employ it. And it starts with having a vocabulary about what you're describing. You you right. have to impart the vocabulary. When a car does this, it's we're calling it this. Right. When it does that, we're calling it that. Right. And it reminded me of my classical guitar instruction. I, there was a time that I could give a guitar to somebody who's very accomplished, the same one I was playing, and it sounded like a hundred times better. And I didn't know how they did it. Yeah. I didn't know. Then I found a teacher who gave me a vocabulary to describe what he was doing to produce that tone. Yeah. And once I had the vocabulary, I could work on the individual techniques to produce that tone myself. Not everybody who's great at something is good at teaching it. That's right. Yeah. So the probably the greatest driver in the history of auto racing was um, a, 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 a an Argentinian uh, Argentinian driver uh, named Fangio. And, uh, you know, he won, he, he, he won formula one, they called it grand prix racing. Um, I forget how many championships, like five championships. So he was the Michael Schumacher or the Lewis Hamilton of his day. And some people still, they study his races and they conclude that if he was racing today, he just, he beat everybody because he just, he just knew what to do. Yeah. So when they asked him for racing advice, he couldn't really explain it. It just it, it it was like a part of his anatomy, and what he would say to people that that asked for advice, what's the secret to 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 uh, you know a winning a race? He said more gas, less brakes. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, that's like Ben Hogan of golf. He's like, what's your secret in the ball? You got hit with the first groove. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, right. no, you, you can't it, do it. Yeah. And then yeah. other golf instructors can give you the vocabulary that's and impart right. their wisdom and right. get you a swing that that'll produce a result. Right. But if you ask Tiger Woods, I'll bet he couldn't do it. You know, he, he can do it himself. Yeah. Um, he's so right. in tune with what he's doing and at his He may level, not be a good teacher. Well, and there's a, teacher. and there's a danger point of having them explain it because then they get in their own head going, <laughs> How do I talk about that? That's, That's right. an excellent point. That's right. You don't you don't want to yeah. you don't want to burst that little intelligence yeah. bubble. That's that, right. That, you know you, you don't, don't want to complicate or, what you're doing, right? And that's it. You're yeah. making it complicated, and that that can actually break it down. Yeah. Authors same way. How'd you write that great book? It's like <laughs> then they start getting in their own head about I don't have it in me anymore. Well, you're overthinking it you're to write another it. book. Yeah, shut up and just do it. Just do it. Little yeah. little shout out for my uh, my uh, monthly car show that I I help organized. So uh, with this day next week, June the fifteenth, we'll be at Woody's uh, Wing House uh, up in Worthington, um, 
at uh, 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock. And, and uh, w- there's 10% off little coupons that they give us. But basically, you don't have to eat or buy anything. Just just bring your car, your motorcycle, your truck, whatever out. And uh, it can be your daily driver or it can be something special. It doesn't matter. Uh, everybody's invited. Uh, it's not a club, no dues, no fees, no trophies. It's just laid back guys having lunch and uh, screwing around uh, out in the parking lot. So awesome. Well, with that, uh, it's probably got to wrap it up. Uh, this has been another awesome roundtable edition. I'm glad we ended up on some high notes there because it was getting sort of depressing for me. Yes, it was. Um, but maybe that's where we are right now. I don't know. Uh, there's always there's always better stuff to come. Just depends on how far out you're willing to look. Yeah. Let's hope so. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this has been another Lawyer Talk Roundtable edition. As always, a couple wrap-up announcements. One, if you want your own podcast, just look us up, channel511.com. Put you in touch with Brett over at Circle270 Media, mypodcastguy.com. He is he is my podcast guy, I can tell you that. And uh, so if you like this podcast, I don't hardly even try. You know, yours could be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> listen to it <laughs> you, know, you know we've got we've done the hard work here all you gotta do is bring bring your own show we've done the work we've got the table we've got the microphones and and by the way let me talk a little bit about the equipment it is not easy to get a good sounding podcast everybody will sell you whatever but when push comes to shove uh there's a reason we had to build a studio down here because we wanted professional results for people who were working with our studio and you know why reinvent the wheel we've already got it here it's a round table done done Done. Yeah. So check us out at Channel Five One One. Look Brett up at my podcast. I got my podcast guy dot com. And if you got a question for us here at the roundtable, you want us to cover a topic, people are starting to uh, submit those over at the Q and A sessions for Lawyer Talk, but also some topics that people have submitted. So if you want to get, uh, you want to be part of that clan, that's easy. Just go to lawyertalkpodcast.com dot com and uh, send me a comment, send me a question, write us a review, subscribe, do whatever. Become a Patreon. Hell, what do you care? It's only a buck a month. It helps us keep things going. Uh, we are bringing you this awesome content. You can't find it anywhere else, at least not like this. Trust me, I've looked. You need to come up with like little blankets for people that send you 19 bucks a month or a lot. Like, yeah. you know, like the, the, the little causes on TV, like a little 511 yeah. fuzzy little blanket. We'll get them like a coffee cup or, or like a, 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 a steel, <laughs> not the... Oh, the uh, like the a, Yetis like kind a, of thing. Like a Yeti type yeah, of thing. Yeti we'll thing. Get our own yeah. Yeti type yeah. of thing. Right. So, uh, yeah, maybe we'll do that. I don't know. Uh, all right. Well, until this is a lawyer talk roundtable off the record on the air, at least until now.